What's up, baseball fans? It is episode 15 of the 2020 season, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. We have just so much that went down in the last week, mostly in the last three days, and we're here to discuss everything. We're going to have a different style of podcast where it's going to be very conversational, and we're going to go through the timeline of events and how the College World Series got canceled for this year followed by conferences and teams canceling their seasons because of the coronavirus. So this this episode is sponsored by the coronavirus, and you know we'll, we'll just see how it turns out. But you guys stay with us, and we will let all of the information that we know out to you guys. It is Saturday, March 14th, a.k.a. Pi Day, 3.14, and Dimitri and I are here today to tell you guys everything that's gone down in the last 72 hours in the college baseball world. Dimitri, we're not finished yet. We're going to be with you guys the rest of the season, and we have plans on how to entertain you guys with college baseball, but Dimitri, go ahead and say what's up to the fans, and just go ahead and... I don't know, like, just tell them your, your initial thoughts on the whole situation. Hey, Ben, we're down, but we're not out. That is absolutely correct. We're down, but we're not out. Um, it sucks. It definitely sucks, and especially for the players and coaches and staff that put everything into their seasons, and some of them their whole lives to get to this moment, and just got taken away from them, understandably. I mean, we I mean, don't know we don't know everything about this virus, but we do know that it's taken not only college baseball, but just sport in general in the United States away. And I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know what to think right now. I'm, my brain is just mashed potatoes. So I think, I think minor league, I mean, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I mean, everything is so mixed up right now. Coronavirus <laughs> is a serious epidemic. Um, Obviously, you got to take health into consideration. You've got to take health first, prioritize your thing. Do I think the college world should, should have been banged this quick? No way. Hell no. Absolutely not. It's three months away. Who knows like what happens in next week or a month? But I feel for all the seniors, and not just baseball, all sports, all college athletes, that initially their first reaction was, oh, my God, we're done. It's over. Our season's over. Our college careers are over, um, but the NCAA made a very quick and much-needed decision to grant eligibility for everybody. What a mess that's going to make. We'll talk about that later, what a mess that's going to be from a roster breakdown. But, man, yeah, no just on TV, no college baseball on the weekend. The hell are we going to do? Yeah, I know exactly. And that's, that's the thing I'm struggling with is, like, what are we going to do? And we, we kind of told the fans about this early in the season, about how we were going all in on college baseball this year. And like this was going to be our full-time jobs. And we had everything moving in the right direction. We were growing significantly. 
more and more listeners to the podcast, more followers on social media, partnered with Foul Pole Sports, which was, which was a big jump. And boom, the rug got slid out underneath our feet. And we're sitting here with no no college baseball to talk about. And it's the middle of March. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it was a little premature, like you said, to take away the College World Series. Uh, it would have been nice to hit the pause button for two weeks, three weeks, maybe even a month, and see where this this virus kind of goes. And we're not scientists, we're not doctors, we don't know exactly everything involved, but we do know that in other parts of the world it has gotten significantly worse, um, there's not enough testing, but this podcast isn't going to be about the science or the health side of the thing. Yeah. We're here to talk about college baseball and it, it just sucked to read on Thursday night, right before we were going to podcast uh, with a very big time guest. We got the news that the College World Series was canceled, and we knew from that moment that this was much bigger news than you know Wednesday when the Ivy League canceled their season, or when the um, I believe it was the Summit League or one of the other leagues canceled their season. Think about the out the outlash or the uh, backlash and publicity when the ivy league came out that they were done i was like oh my god like i feel bad so bad for the ivy league and then all of a sudden it was like oh wait this is for everyone everybody's done and i honestly thought it was gonna stop it you know team i mean you saw a bunch of conferences like the pac-12 and the sec they all suspend until like april 1st or something yeah they all suspend until april 1st which i thought was very similar to just hitting the pause button they said okay we'll let this settle down for a little bit and we'll keep going and, and it we'll ultimately reevaluate. Yeah, we'll reevaluate, and it, it progressed to okay, no fans in the stadiums the rest of the year. All right, you know that sucks, but at the same time, with the coverage that of ESPN Plus, I and think so, if you ask any college baseball player right now, they'd rather play no fans than not play at all. A million percent, because I mean, think about it: like fifty percent of college baseball players play in front of less than fifty people a game. Oh yeah, uh, so it's like not that big of a step down, but. Honestly, the, I'll tell you the turning point in my head when I knew it was going to be very serious. It was before the College World Series canceled. It was when the NCAA basketball tournament was uh, like all the conference tournaments were getting shut down and the NCAA basketball tournament was suspended. I was like, that's a billion dollar industry right there, college basketball at March Madness. If they can suspend that, then they're just going to cancel the rest of the, the baseball season, no doubt. And about 12 hours later, that's what we got. I want to say this. I want to say that the NCAA, I think, could have handled it a little bit better, but they rebounded well with giving players another year of eligibility, not taking that um, that one season that they worked hard at away from them completely. So next year, we're going to see some sixth-year seniors. We're going to see some seventh-year seniors, 24, 25 years old, still chasing the dream in college baseball. Um, the one the one aspect that I feel bad for are some of these high school seniors that you know there's no red shirts in high school baseball. So the seniors that are unsigned right now, they have a hard time trying to sign places, especially when these college baseball programs aren't going to be losing anybody. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so with all these seniors, I wonder what the transfer what kind of transfer rules there's going to be because if I'm a mid-major guy, a senior who with a fringe senior sign, whatever, having a pretty good year, I might 
start looking at other programs that might need a, a certain position for me. Because I might go SEC, ACC and put up a good year and get a better signing bonus or whatever. Better chance to sign, whatever. So I'm curious to see what the transfer rule is going to be like. Um, there's going to be a lot of red shirts next year. A lot of competition in the fall. Because now you have five classes worth of talent. Yeah, so the roster size is for this regular season as of right now is capped at 35. And you can only have 27 of them on scholarship. So there's one of two things that are going to happen. Either the NCAA is going to expand roster size to 40, 42 people, or, and also maybe bump up the scholarship to 15, 16. No, no, so the, the roster size is going to stay the same, but the seniors won't count towards it. Is that what's going to happen? I'm, I'm 99% sure roster is going to stay the same, or the scholarship cap, but seniors won't count towards it. Well, that's good. I didn't read that yet, but I'm sure that is true. Um but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where there's going to be a ton of competition, and what what happens with competition is people usually try to transfer, and junior colleges are going to be booked up, NAIA's are going to be booked up because everything's happening to them as well. Like this isn't just a Division One problem, this is oh, all college baseball. It trickled all the way down. So, sure, a Division One talent can transfer down to NAIA. But then that NAIA program is going to have to cut, you know, an extra person or two people or whatever it is. So, but you know what the thing is, dude? It's not just next year that's going to be affected. It's the next five years because exactly. now freshmen are going to be redshirting, and then they're going to be redshirt freshmen the next year, and then more re- freshmen are going to redshirt because they have so many young players already. And and there's just going to be a lot of fifth year seniors by the time those guys are seniors, and teams are going to be old for a couple of years. That's what I was about to say, is this is not just a one-year problem. This is a five-year problem. Um, it's going to significantly change the way schools recruit, and there, there won't be as much recruiting because you're going to have more players. Absolutely. The, um, the roster size might be only 35. Yeah, so I'm curious. What, I mean, that, 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 is, that is a whole new ball game that co- college coaches around the country are going to have to figure out, you know, Something they've never done before. They're they're literally gonna have to build a new system, build a new strategy, build new everything, come up with new ways to do things. Because in the fall, team team might have fifty players out there. You know? Yeah, yeah, they they absolutely will. Like maybe not every school has fifty, but there's gonna be some schools out there that usually bring in forty that are gonna have to have fifty this year. And your chances of making the team as a walk-on now are significantly less. Uh, they're going to have to. What about the college program that are taking a fringe player, a borderline scholarship player, more so because he was academically really smart? And we're not going. I'm not going to sit here and lie and hide it. But college coaches sign smart kids all the time to help team GPA. Yeah, and well, no GPA and they sign them for GPA and also academic scholarship money that they can you know, really boost up with the administrative staff that they can go and sign a kid on more ac- or athletic money because, you know, someone else bit the bullet and took more academic so money. Now, so are, are, are these coaches getting on the phone saying, hey, listen, um, because they have their, they've already signed. Most of these guys have already signed. High school seniors have signed. So they're, they're binded by that agreement or their contract, whatever. But think about the high school juniors now who are becoming seniors and program be like, wait a minute, we don't need you. 
That's yeah, that's a tough way to go about it for sure. These kids, the juniors, probably get the short end of the stick because they committed already, verbally committed, and haven't signed yet. So I don't know what their destiny is. I mean, are they going to continue just to stick with their verbal commitments, or are they going to go explore other options? That's a good point. I guarantee you, it could be a lot of decommitment. It's got. I mean, there's absolutely going to be. I would say a majority of people are going to decommit and just kind of feel out the situation. Um, Another thing that is a big part of college baseball, and one of the reasons why college baseball gets a lot of uh, attention, is the MLB draft. And who knows if there's even going to be an MLB draft in June this year. It might get pushed back to August, September, depending on what the Major League Baseball schedule is like. There's a lot of guys out there worth hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, that are sitting there only playing 14 regular season games. And that might, that might hurt their signing bonus a lot. Like, what are they going to do? Like, yeah, who they, knows? Who knows? Like, that, that, I don't even know what to think about that. But the only thing I can think about from a draft perspective is seniors just got leverage. Seniors did get leverage, but juniors, so I think, lost some leverage. Of eligibility, team might have to pay them a little more to, pu- to pull them out. Yeah, which I mean, it'll help in like the, you know, within five ten thousand dollars. Like they might be able to get twenty thousand instead of five thousand. Yeah, they might get fifty instead of five, whatever. So now senior actually have some sort of negotiating, some sort of leverage on what they want to do with their career. Um, but think about how big the draft class is going to be next year. You've got junior, seniors, and a whole wave of fifth year seniors. And sophomores. Sophomores will technically, redshirt sophomores will be draft eligible. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you're adding a whole other class to the college level in the draft. Now you have your junior and senior, and now you have a whole other whole wave of fifth-year seniors. So now more guys are not even going to get picked up because there's just so many of them. What do you think they're going to do? I, don't, I have no idea. Do you think I, they're going to expand the rounds or... What? So do you think they're going to expand over 40 rounds? Or? I don't think they'll change the round. I, I don't think so, because they're already cutting back on minor league team. This might, yeah, this might be a time for Major League Baseball to maybe realize that keeping more minor league teams is good for them, because there's going to be a ton of players draft eligible next season and nowhere to put them. And obviously, not all of them are going to you know, make it past 12 months in the organization. But at the same time, they don't like, there's so many scouts in the world that scout so many different players all across, not only the United States, but the whole world. And they need these places to have the kids evaluated. And who knows, like there's a ton of 25th, 30th, 40 round draft picks that make it to the major leagues and make an impact. So they treat everybody similar, not the same, obviously because of money invested, but like, they're not just going to like, not sign talented ball players or ball players with potential. Hey, hey, real quick, I wanted to take a step back. Um, so when the whole suspension and cancellation postponements went down, conferences just suspended act- all activity in- for a month or so, and then the NCAA came right after them and just said, "Oh no, 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 we're done. We're done for good." And all the conference—I remember the FCC commissioner uh, Sank- Sankey or whatever. He was just like, hold up, why are we doing this? We literally just suspended it, and now you're just going to come up right behind us and just cancel everything? Like, that's not that's not what we were supposed to do. 
Yeah, and so the, I remember seeing that on ESPN, and I don't know, man. That's that's a good question because it's middle of March. The College World Series isn't until the middle of June, so that's three full months. You know, all the way April, May, June, three months of time that they can push the pause button. You and know? So I don't know if the I, I wonder who the NCAA, who within that meeting, and who decided to because Emmert obviously did not have too much input because they made a pretty quick decision i know they had they had to make a decision a really fast but why not have a conference call with all your 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 conference commissioners whatever and figure something out that's a good point i don't know there's a lot of questions i still have anyway sad day sad week for college baseball Everyone will be okay. Everybody will make it. Everybody will move on. Everybody will look forward. So yeah. I, it's I mean, it's a sad, sad time, especially for guys who live, breathe, and die sports like you and me. My thing is, if you're going to cancel like sports and concerts and large gatherings, you should be able. If you're going to make that decision, it should be serious enough where you got to cancel going to grocery stores and going to. Um, bars. Well, you know. no, I don't know because they've got to minimize one thing at a time. That's they true, but if it spreads so it. fast, if it spreads so fast, then I know. But that's, that's why you got to just do one thing at a time and go from there. Yeah, I guess I'm just reluctant to believe that this is actually happening. But yeah, but anyway, I mean, we'll move on. That's for sure. We're we're gonna move on. And uh, so the plans for next season, or sorry, not next season, but for the rest of this year. Dimitri and I are not going anywhere. We're gonna have we're gonna have plenty of time to take on big guests, um, you know, elite college baseball players, coaches, people around the game, uh, baseball writers, analysts, draft like scouts that are gonna be talking to us about the draft. Uh, we have a lot of them lined up right now, and so I think what we're gonna do is two like probably two times a week we will have we'll have a guest that is going to be its own episode. It's going to be an episode with this guest, and we're going to ask him questions. You guys can contribute by um, telling us what questions you have for them, and we'll have them, have those people answer. But we're not going anywhere. Like We want to give you guys some sort of sports entertainment where there's 0% chance that you guys are going to catch the virus. Um, I don't think the coronavirus is obtainable through podcasts, so I think you guys are good there. And what we started doing on social media is posting – you know, clips of college baseball from the 90s and 80s and early 2000s of players that you recognize doing crazy things. So we're going to do some throwback stuff, some retro college baseball stuff, just to kind of keep you guys entertained. And I don't know. I, I mean, I, personally, I like it. I like watching that kind of stuff, and it, it eases my mind a little bit. But it's going to be it's going to be a little different, but I think you guys are going to enjoy what our show is going to consist of from here on out. Dimitri, you were supposed to go to Italy, and luckily for you, I mean, you were supposed to fly out today, correct? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. And so that got postponed, obviously. And uh-huh. for the listeners that maybe didn't listen to our episodes early on, Dimitri was going to go play in a professional league in Italy, and he still is. Their season got pushed back. But thank God that the season started a month later instead of a month earlier because Dimitri would be quarantined in the middle of Italy somewhere. Oh, yeah. That would, that would have been crazy. Your parents would have been so worried. I know, but, I mean, <laughs> I'm a grown-ass man. Are you? 
I think so. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Um, but um, no, so I think yeah, no. Let's just we. I think it'd be good to get let the fans get perspective on players, what they're doing right now, how, what they're how they're gonna prepare for summer ball draft, whatever. Um, how what teams are doing as far as are they gonna keep inter squatting stuff like that? Because I know some conferences haven't officially banged the season yet, so. Some teams are still practicing, stuff like that, whatever. So it'll be interesting to get players, coaches' perspective on what's going on. Yeah, and I think we'll have plenty of time and a lot of interest. Like I'm saying, like, players are going to – like, they've been DMing us and texting us like crazy. Let me get on the podcast, you know, voice my opinion. I'll tell a story from our side, our, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think it's going to be a very cool time to be a college baseball fan in a different way. It's going to be like an off season that – I mean, it sucks to say it's going to be an off season during the season and there's going to be no championships or anything, but we'll find ways to entertain you guys. Um, we're not going anywhere. That's that's just the bottom line. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, but we'll keep coming up with content for the fans um, as we go. We'll figure out things to do, stuff like that, to keep get you guys your college baseball fixed. Um, if you guys have any ideas, too, just shoot them our way. Yep. You guys want to see that's something right or – it's kind of hanging out and we're just going to take move one step at a time. Yeah. And in the meantime, like, I guess I'm going to have to start looking for a real job now or something. So, but we'll still have plenty of time to do this. We'll have, we'll have plenty of time to record podcasts. Yeah. And, and, yeah ben, it's time for you to get a real job. That's I great. know it's time I, for me to get, grow up and get a real job, which I'm, uh, Oh, that's all right. I, I'll be fine. I've had real jobs in the past. Just, yeah, I know we all have our, who would have thought that college baseball would end just like that in the middle of March? Crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. But anyways, you guys shoot us over your thoughts and opinions. And if you guys have any good ideas or maybe, I mean, there's going to be times where we're going to want some fans, college baseball fans on the podcast. We'll interview you guys. So let us know what you think. I know it sucks, but we're going to get through it. Not worried about it one bit. Um, it's going to be okay, everybody. It's going to be okay, but you guys stay safe. Make sure you get lots of toilet paper because apparently toilet paper is more valuable right now than gold. So you guys uh, you guys have a good rest of the weekend, and let us know if you guys need anything from us. You guys have a good one. Stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. <laughs> Wash your hands. Yes, sir.
right, what's up, 11.7 fans? We welcome on absolute legend of a human being, Quinnipiac's catcher, Colton Bender, who we all saw and everybody on social media saw um, get ejected. But he's here to tell his side of the story and use this as a platform to um, kind of teach some lessons and life lessons for some uh, maybe some younger players out there. And we've been talking to him for the last 20 minutes. He's a great dude. So you guys are going to love this interview. Uh, Colton, go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm Colton. I'm a catcher at Quinnipiac, and uh, I got ejected yesterday for the first <laughs> time in my ever life. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So what? Uh, go ahead and just like kind of break down the story for the people who haven't seen it. Um, we're as of right now we're like twenty thousand, yeah, twenty thousand views away on Twitter from a million, like one million seven digits. That's crazy to us. We usually get about a thousand views per video. So just kind of break down the situation. Uh, so basically, uh, coming from Quinnipiac, we're uh, a lower Division One school playing Mississippi State yesterday uh, on a Saturday second game, and we're winning four to three, bottom nine, uh, one out, guy in first, and there's a three-two count, and I called an outside fastball, and our guy had a little ASR, ran inside, stuck it, and. I thought it caught the black, and the umpire did not agree, so I freaked out. And <laughs> now 950,000 people saw it, and I got suspended for a game. So that's basically the background of that. We can go yeah. more into the preceding events. but uh, Yeah, so you, you kind of touched on it. This is a big game for a program like, is it Quinnipiac, or how do you pronounce it? Quinnipiac. You got Quinnipiac. It, you Quinnipiac, you can't pronounce the second I. Okay. Like Quinnipiac, got it all the way through. I'll try. I'll try my best, but no promises. <laughs> but um, Dimitri and I were also low-level uh, Division One players, so we know the importance of these games, especially on a weekend series. This isn't like a midweek game that means nothing for Mississippi State. This is a game where they're trying to figure out how to, you know, sweep this series to help their RPI. If they lose this game, it's not good on the whole RPI situation. But um, you guys had the lead. Right, was it three yeah. and one at the time, or four to four three? Four three at the time. Runner on first, full count, one out. So if yeah. the the situation swings tremendously in Mississippi State's favor if this is a walk, and it swings right. tremendously in your favor if it's a strikeout. So it's right. the biggest call of the game by far, and the pitch. I mean, I've I've watched the video a hundred times. It, it was clearly a strike, and right. And we saw a lot of people on social media go back and forth about, you know, whether the frame was bad or whether the, the umpire didn't give it to him because he missed his spot. Bottom line, it's college baseball. And Dimitri's going to talk about this in just a second because he was a pitcher in college baseball. A strike is a strike, right? It, this right. isn't the major leagues where the umpire can punish a pitcher for not hitting his spot. Um, this is Division One baseball, but still not professional baseball where a strike should be a strike no matter where it crossed the plate. The batter right. knew it was a strike. Pitcher knew it was a strike, and you clearly knew it was a strike. And it kind of felt like the umpire, in a way, knew that Mississippi State was like the heavy favorite here and at home, and he was going to get more backlash from the fans if he called it a strike. Because it, it, you clearly missed the spot by 17 inches or so. And right. so, Dimitri, kind of dive in a little bit about, you know, as a former pitcher, should that have been called a strike? Or like, what would... What would 
said it all right there. I mean, it was a strike. I mean, he missed his spot. He reached across, stuck it on the inner half of the plate. It's a strike. It's a strike. But, I mean, it's not It's not the concept of it being a ball and strike. It's the fact that it's the magnitude of the call. Yeah. Um, he, You did a good job of sticking it. I mean, we're not going to get into too much catcher mechanic. But it was a strike. You felt that way, and you let him know. Um, there's ways to go about it, which you're about, you're about to talk about. I'm sure you've heard so many different sides of it in the past 24 hours about how you go about it. Um, I think the college baseball really needs to figure out, are they going to call it like a big league game or are they going to call it like a college game? Are you going to give uh, pitchers two inches off the plate, up, down, in, out? Or are you going to call it tight like a, a, a big league game? And they're doing both. You can't do that. You can't have a pitcher throwing Friday night in Mississippi State in a tight zone and then going back to Quinnipiac and being – you know, a five by five foot square because that's not helping the game. Umpires yeah. are changed, but you got to have, I mean, everybody wants a uh, robotic computer drive zone. Those are going to be the same in every single game. Umpires need to do a better job of being consistent across the country of what a strike zone is. Yeah. And so, yeah. So obviously you kind of, I mean, it's, it's safe to say you lost your cool for a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Go ahead, go in about it, about your what what was running through your head. You know, we we talked about what happened. Now, just go kind of go into what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so um, you know, I, I am a very uh, passionate player, and you can ask just about every player, every coach I've been a part of and played with. Um, that's just who I am. It's my persona, um, and when I, when I get into situations where I know we can prove a lot of people wrong. My intensity level skyrockets, no matter right. no matter where I am. Um, it could have been ECU last year. Uh, it just happened to be this year uh, at Mississippi State where I lo- I got to my threshold, man, and that was my that was my breaking point exactly. And uh, you know I lost my cool. Um, but what I want people to understand is. I had my pitchers back because of what I thought. I'm not going to bash the umpire. I'm not going to say he made the wrong call um, because ultimately it was his decision and I cannot change that. Um, But I I, I thought I stood up for what I thought was right and uh, and it was evidently uh, (laughs) thinking it was a strike. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, it didn't work out too well for me and so basically you know coming from a player uh i want to tell younger guys and this is what i told uh the guys on the bus after this happened um i said listen um this goes directly to the to the younger guys on this team the freshman sophomore i said listen you cannot act like this um this is not how you're supposed to act on a baseball field especially in, in in a late game like this um you know I was trying to stand up for a guy, and, you know, I got the... You were standing that, up for Quinnipiac. Right, right, Quinnipiac, and, um, you know, to, I wanted to show people, not not really show people, but I wanted to just let, I needed to let my emotions out because that's how strongly I felt about this game because of how close we were to beating a number 12 team in this in the country yeah you know and, I mean? and and probably the number one fan base in the in the country as well oh, mississippi state oh, yeah. fans are great and i know we're going to talk about this here in a little bit but i want to go back a little bit 
this is the most probably important pitch of the game, right? And so right. there's a lot of emotions. Point in time, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of emotions going on. And, and you know, as a catcher, when it leaves the hand, you know, for the most part, it's going to be a strike or ball. So when right. you ca- when right. you stick that pitch, and for the people listening who never caught, the backhanded, like across your body, you can't really frame no. that. It's the it's, hardest. It's the hardest it, pitch to catch in baseball. By and far. That's what, and that's what people on, uh, you know, I, I was reading through a lot of Twitter stuff, and we know, were he we, didn't frame it well, and this. And yeah, that. you and can't frame you know, that pitch. It, it drives me nuts because, you know, I was set up outside, and he missed his spot, but I did the best I could do with that pitch. Absolutely. That crossed the plate. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and for all the catching gurus out there that were you know. yeah <laughs> they catch their seven-year-olds bullpen in the backyard right. yeah <laughs> coaching staff yeah um and so hey, you, i would go say take me through like like let's say a freshman coming in catcher whatever position player doesn't matter they're coming in they're in the same situation you know mississippi state arkansas whatever what what would your initial reaction after he threw you was it just okay? I'm gonna walk off the field, or am I? Am I not? I'm not done yet. Like, take me through your your mind, your emotions, your mindset when you realize, yeah, I just got my ass tossed. Uh, so I was still heated for about five minutes after it happened. Uh, I think I may have thrown my glove or something, and then went straight to the hallway, out of everybody. No one was there. Um, might have thrown a garbage can or something. I don't. I don't really remember. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's just uh, important. Yeah. What would you have done differently if you could go back and do it again? Would you have just kept walking forward from home play? What uh, would you have done differently? Uh, so what I would have done or, or, or you don't have to do anything differently. Uh, I mean, if I did something differently, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be here. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people who are backing me up and saying what I did showed a lot of balls. Um, and a lot of people supported what I did. Um Looking back at it, I wouldn't have done it. You would have done it. On, just- I, what I what I would have done, um, I would have kept my mask on, looked straight, said a few things, and then ended it right there. Um, what I did wrong, and he probably wouldn't have thrown me out. And the reason he threw me out is because I turned around and pointed. Right. That was the last thing. And you and you cannot. And this is to the younger guy. Oh no, he felt threatened. Right. And you cannot turn around, take your mask off, and show the umpire up. Um, it's disrespectful to him. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't show great sportsmanship. Um, but And he probably you know, knew he missed the call at yeah, that he, point. No, no, he wasn't he, out there he, trying to do it on purpose. I mean, all the yeah. home can say, oh, they're home cooking. Yeah. I'm not going to say yes or no, but that guy did not think about all those things in that split second of making that right. call. Yeah. He didn't right. think borderline pitch, I'm giving it. No. He just, yeah. it was tall, and then he probably thought about it when he went home. <laughs> but, you know, that's the beautiful thing about baseball. Right. And, I, uh, I don't want electric strike zone. Yeah. Because um, that no, happening is part of the game. Brawl is a part of the game, fighting, arguing, ejection. Bobby Cox wouldn't be Bobby Cox without his 500,000 ejection. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> the other thing I can't stand is the uh, the wristbands that pitchers wear. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I want to touch your perspective <laughs> on that. Please. Yeah, uh, I understand it. It's it's almost like I oh God, I have so many opinions you on do it. it but, do you? Huh? You guys do it? No, we don't. No. So no. let me ask you: Are they? Are they? So coach is going three, four, whatever. 
his numbers, yeah. the catchers looking at it and pitchers looking at it? Yeah. So here's what happens a lot, and it happens to me. So say, say the, uh, the, uh, the pitching coach gives you 3-4-1, mm-hmm. right? You look at it, and you get the wrong pitch. Now, he gets it and gets yeah, a different right. pitch. So at least if I get the pitch, right, just from the pitching coach, I can relay and get the same pitch. Otherwise, if we both screw it up, it's even worse. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, if you so, screw it up, only one person's screwing up. It also just looks it looks childish. It just, they look like they look like at position players on the mound. It yeah. looks like the ninth inning of position players coming in to pitch with his wristband still on. Yeah, but yeah, so so that's my opinion on it. But yeah. you know, um, <laughs> no, I mean, we we had a whole segment on that one episode where I forget. Yeah. So hey, so so basically the whole big thing, the big hot topic was I want this guy to catch for me. I want this guy to be my catcher, whatever. You feel you still feel like you had to do what you had to do. You can't say right or wrong because I mean, at the end of the day, maybe your reaction was wrong. But you have your right. pitchers back and your team back. The most important thing to you, it was for uh, me. Listen, uh, th- there's a lot of there's a lot of opinions out there in Twitter, and I was going to say this to you guys. I am not an advocate for Twitter. I usually stay off of it just because of how opinionated it is. Right. Uh, everybody thinks they're favorite, everybody thinks they're important. Twitter. Right, exactly. Um, and people have their stuff, and I'll give that to them, let them have it. I'm just not going to be a part of it. Um, but the one thing that I would like to tell people is my teammates, family, and coaches are the only opinions that matter to me. Exactly. And they're all on my side. And to be honest, I think that's all that matters to me. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, so I wanted to touch on this just real quick. What, like, Who was the first person – after you cooled down, who like you talked to or like approached to you, like who was the guy that like came up to you, like and what did they say? If you feel open to explaining that to us, uh, was it a coach or a player or maybe your mom or dad? I'm trying to think back on the on the situation here. Um, I think it was it was my coach actually. Um, it was we were we were eating dinner. This was an hour after the game because I, I wasn't talking to anybody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people were high-fiving me, like, slapping <laughs> my ass, whatever, on the way out. But no one was really talking to me um, about, the, about the, the play until I got to dinner and uh, my coach called me over and, um, you know, enlightened me on the situation and, uh, you know, told me a few things, you know, what I could have done differently. But he said, uh, in reality, it showed true true grit and um, yeah. you know what what kind of player you really are um and how passionate you are towards the game and you know that's what i want people to take away from this not the other aspect of me freaking out and looking like a crazy person um because i, I truly believe it was uh you know it was heartfelt because it you know just kind of it really was. it was there was nothing about it that was fake it was all authentic you could right. tell like immediately that you've been this player your whole life like i'm sure all the way growing up from little league to high school, travel ball, that you take the game seriously and like it's important to you. And right. dude, it would not surprise me one bit. And I don't know if you want to go like the pro ball route, but you definitely caught the attention of hundreds of scouts out there. Like, you know what? This is a guy we want handling a pitching staff. And mm-hmm. like it wouldn't surprise me one bit if you get a call in June. Um, but like, yeah. let's talk about this for a little bit. Like, what after baseball? Like, what are your plans um, going forward? Like, what are you what are you getting your degree in? Like, what do you want a job to be? 
Uh, like, yeah. Kind of tell us about the personal life because you're you're a really good dude. Like you're a nice guy yeah. that I think anybody would would love to hire one day. Yeah, I mean, uh, so you know, basically, you know, What's your major? Start, health science, health science um, on a PT track uh, with a, a minor in entrepreneurship. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, my main route is uh, I want to get drafted. I want to I want to play professional baseball. Um, that's been, a, you know, that's been a dream since I was a kid. Uh, but I also have different routes just in case that doesn't work out. Uh, like I said, I could become a PT. Uh, I could be an entrepreneur. Um, I could do uh, business, you know, things like that. Like, you know, you know, I'm a very uh, a personal person and uh, yeah. I, I feel like that could work in any aspect of any job. I'll, you know what? The other thing is I want to be a coach. Yeah, I could totally see that. You already got the look right now with the Oakleys on top of your hat and like the hoodie on. You look like a coach yeah. already. You just got back from perfect game tournament coaching. Yep. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, so definitely being a coach of some sort. Because, you know, I, I don't know if I can get away from this game, man. To be honest with you, like, you yeah, know, I've been around guys, for so most long. Most guys show fire like that. They're not the ones that are walking away easy. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing, man. And I'll tell you this. I got I – got, uh, suspended today for uh, for a game because of what I did, and it was the worst thing I've ever went through. Right. Being on the sidelines and watching my boys play and grind out and trying and, and almost be, they they were ahead in the fourth fourth inning four three or something like that, and you know I was on the edge of the dugout like screaming and like <laughs> I just you know what I mean like I. I have that feel of just being around like around a bunch of baseball dudes all the time. Like I don't know if I can get away from that. Um, it's just it's just who I am. You know what I mean? No, I love that, dude. I love that answer. Um, and especially like being suspended at the coolest place you're gonna play at um, in college <laughs> baseball. Like the, the yeah, you're gonna play there. Yeah. The stadium yeah. is incredible, but um, but yeah, man, we really appreciate your time. Is there anything else you want to say before you get off? Because we've enjoyed it, man. This has been a great interview, and I think our listeners are gonna love it. Yeah. Uh, the last thing is, um, you know, I, I think people have seen the, the Twitter feed and, and whatnot. And there was a few things that were said um, on behalf of our school by Quinnipiac Barstool. And, you know, I just want to uh, tell people um, what they said does not accurate, accurately represent um, our school and what we do. Um, they were saying fans at Mississippi State are, are terrible people, whatever they said. And they are the nicest people you will ever meet in your entire life. They they open up their arms to just about everybody. Uh, I was walking around with Quinnipiac shirt on today, and there was guys hugging me, shaking my hand, giving <laughs> they're, me food. They're, awesome. they're, they're awesome. great people, man. They're great people, and I want people to know that. Um, you know, coming from our program, from Quinnipiac University, uh, and I, you know, I really appreciate you guys allowing me to share, you know, my experience from yeah. Mississippi State and putting Quinnipiac on the map um, to show people, you know, what type of people we really are. Right. You know I mean? Yeah, no, that's what we're here for. We're, we're two mid-major guys ourselves, and we just want to have a platform for college baseball players to, you know, talk about their experiences, whatever it was. Um, we've had some people. you this weekend ever. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a <laughs> lifelong memory. And I see the video one day and say, damn, dad. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's definitely going to happen. But, um, dude, we yeah. appreciate the time, and, not a lot of people know this, but Quinnipiac was a regional team last year, and we expect you guys to be back somewhere this year. How cool would it be to be at Mississippi State for a regional? 
Wow. Uh, You'd be ready. You would oh, yeah. be the most I'd popular player there. I would have I would have no nerves. I would have nothing. I'd be I'd go in there with a lot of fire, and I yeah. a lot of these guys would would as well. Um, ready to go. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna switch this season around. Um, Absolutely. Really, after this, this weekend, weekend it. this is it, man. This is our turning point. Uh, you know, this brought a lot of guys together, and I think this moment on is gonna be uh, the turning point for our season. No I, doubt. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna hold I'm gonna hold true to that. So, uh, well, cool, man. Well, we yeah. we appreciate having you on. I know Furman and Kennesaw State and Florida A&M, they have some trouble coming their way because you guys are going to turn this season around. Uh, yeah. And you guys are going to be playing for each other. You guys know what hey, you're all about. Careful. Hey, be careful down in Rattler Dome. Ben, you know. <laughs> Florida, Florida A&M Rattler Dome is a tough place to play. I'll let you, I'll let you know that in advance. But um, Yeah, man. Well, enjoy your off day tomorrow. Um Enjoy just being around the guys, man. It's it's something Dimitri and I would trade for anything right now. We'd just be back in college baseball. So enjoy it and stay in touch. If you ever need anything, let us know. Let us know, man. Yeah. We're we're we adopted Quinnipiac, man, or Quin. All right. Quinnipiac. I can't pronounce it. Yeah. Come on, Quinnipiac. 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 There it is. There it is. All right, man. There it is. Yep. We appreciate it, guys. Yep. All right.